Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sean. Hello again. Um, you were going to get slightly less of me uh, this evening, but um, it seems that flus and colds are rife in this church at the moment. Uh, and uh, Paul Michael, who's going to be leading worship, uh, is not very well at all. Uh, and as are a number of other people. I completely blame Jonathan, who, who was ill last week. Uh, and he's now gone on holiday, which I think is unacceptable. Uh, so, um, <laughs> no, it's not really. He's allowed. Um, but uh, uh, yes, so uh, sorry that you've got a lot of my voice this evening. I'm sure you will cope. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this story, for this word. Uh, we thank you that it may well be quite familiar to us. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to us afresh through it. Would you fill us afresh uh, this, this evening? And would you stir a passion in our heart as we were singing a few moments ago? Stir a passion for you that as your word dwells within us, it would go deep within us, that we would know it and we would know you and know your voice. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So we have this passage this evening, uh, because as I've said already, it was St. Paul's Day a couple of days ago, 25th uh, of uh, December, I think, uh, no, January, well, I don't know what day it is, January, a couple of days ago, Friday, whatever day that was, it was St. Paul's Day. Uh, and so we thought we would uh, have this passage once again. Uh, Despite that, I'm not actually going to talk about St. Paul uh, this evening, despite us just having heard the story of St. Paul. Um, there's two reasons for that. This is St. Paul's church, and if you've been here for more than a year, you have probably heard a talk on St. Paul already. Uh, if you haven't, come back in a year's time. I promise we will focus on St. Paul uh, himself next time. But the, rest, the other reason, probably the more important reason why I'm not thinking about St. Paul, is there's someone else in this story, someone who I think often gets overlooked by the stardom of St. Paul, and someone who I think is a great hero of the faith. That is Ananias. Now, I want us to think about Ananias. I've got three points because uh, all vicars have three points when they deliver a talk. Um, and I want us to think about him in those terms. And that's not to undervalue or to devalue uh, St. Paul and what he brought to the church. He had an important ministry, but actually I just sensed that we should think about uh, Ananias particularly this evening. There are three Ananiases, uh, I'm not sure that's correct, but never mind. There are three Ananiases or Ananiasi uh, in Acts. Uh, the first one is in Acts 5. You may remember Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, they sold a portion, uh, they sold their land and kept a portion for themselves. Uh, there is uh, Ananias in Acts uh, 23, who was a judge who ruled over uh, Paul's uh, trial. Uh, and then there's the Ananias that we meet in this story. Uh, there is no suggestion that any of those three are the same Ananias. Just like there are many Pauls, and many, sorry, many Johns and many Jameses, uh, it's, the, uh, it's three separate Ananiases, and this is a new one that we meet. We don't see him mentioned again, apart from in our reading that we've just had. Uh, some of the historical documents suggest that he was one of the 70 uh, that are mentioned in Luke's Gospel that were sent out on mission, uh, but the New Testament doesn't mention Ananias, this Ananias, um, again. So what are the three things that I think we can learn uh, from Ananias today? Well, first and foremost, Ananias listened to God. We ha see here Ananias having a vision of God and God telling him to do something. We don't get any background. We don't know what Ananias was doing uh, when he got this vision. Uh, we don't know uh, where he was. We don't know what situation was in, he was in. But we do know that God spoke to him and that he listened to him. He was in a position that he was able to hear God speak and to listen to him. And the idea that God speaks to us is not something that's afresh uh, or, or was special for the disciples. Uh, it's something that has happened throughout the church. Uh, many of you know I'm doing a master's in um, charismatic and Pentecostal theology uh, at uh, Birmingham University. Uh, and um, I've just spent the last four months studying the history of charismatic theology because that's how fun I am on my, in my spare time that I have lots of. But as I've done that, it's been really clear that there is no point in the last 2,000 years that there haven't been Christians that God has spoken to, and there hasn't been an expectation that God would speak. Right from the church, early church fathers, right through church history, that happened. Now, there was a period of church history uh, where the church as a whole, as a body, tried to stop it and tried to quell it and tried to uh, deny it, but actually God continued to speak to many of his followers. God continued, uh, people many, often heard him speak, and that should be our expectation, not our exception. We should expect to hear God speak to us as Christians who are in relationship with Jesus. It should be our expectation, not our exception. I don't know if any of you are doing the Bible in a year. 
uh, with uh, Nikki Gumbel and, uh, and Pippa Gumbel. Uh, Jess and I are doing it uh, together. Uh, on Thursday, it was talking about this exact topic, hearing God speak and how it should be our expectation. And if it's not our expectation, Nikki said it was a little bit like going to the doctors and sitting down and reeling off eight or nine different complaints and then saying, thank you very much, I'll go now, uh, without giving the doctor time to reply and tell, he, tell you what it was that he thought. That would be ridiculous in the same way, it should be our expectation that God speaks uh, to us today. How does God speak? Well, in so many different ways. And it's not the focus of this evening's talk. I will talk about this in, uh, a little later in the year uh, in more detail. But God speaks to us in lots of different ways. Primarily, he speaks to us through our Bible. This is what we call the always word of God. This is always God's word to us. It might be that God uses what we call a now word uh, by using an always word. He might use something in here to speak to us uh, directly. Let me give you an example of how this happened this week. Uh, on Monday, those of you here who are on PCC uh, will know that I was uh, leading the PCC through our worship time. Uh, and as I sat down on Monday afternoon, I said, Lord, what do you want me to think about with the PCC uh, this evening? And I thought to myself, well, I thought to myself, I thought God said to me, I want you to go through the second point of your talk yesterday, uh, which, if you remember, was um, about being different, was being separate and being uh, called uh, to be separate, different to the world around us. Do not be like them, those words from Jesus, Matthew's gospel. And then I sat and thought to myself, as I often do, I'm not sure that was God, actually. Maybe that was just me, because it would be really easy for me to use a point of my sermon from 24 hours earlier as the basis for a reflection in PCC. And so I sat again and I said, Lord, would you give me fresh manner uh, for PCC this evening? And as soon as I said those words, the words James 4 came into my head. I'm afraid I don't know what James 4, uh, didn't know what James 4 was about. I knew roughly James uh, and the whole topic, but I didn't know exactly what James 4 was about. Read James 4. It's about being separate. It's about being distinctive. It's about not being like them. Um, God spoke, used an, an always word, his Bible, to give me a now word for that PCC. So that was what we discussed as a PCC that evening. Now, he can speak to us uh, through, through that way. Uh, he, we can hear him speak to us. We can hear him speak audibly. That's rare, but it happens. We can hear him speak more often in our thoughts. I often describe this as thoughts we wouldn't necessarily have ourselves. Uh, it may be that we get pictures, but there are a whole heap of ways that God speaks to us. But hearing him speak, as I say, should be our expectation and not our exception. And if that's not the case, I'd love for you to explore this further, to spend time listening to God, reading his word and asking him to speak to you afresh. Maybe do Living Free. We'll be teaching it here on Sunday evenings from early May through into the summer. Uh, or come along to the Living Free course, which will be running again in September, or our Hearing God's Voice training that we do and they do at the well. Delve into it. Delve into God's words. Know it. Know him speaking to you. So the first thing we learned from Ananias is that Ananias listened to God and heard him speak. The second thing that Ananias uh, did was he was obedient to God. If we hear God speak to us, we should be obedient to him. 
In order to be obedient, we need to know that it is God speaking to us, of course, and how we do this will depend very much on what it is uh, that we hear God say to us. Last week, I gave out these cards, not those cards, it doesn't matter, these cards. Uh, these are the Christian birthright cards. You may remember I gave them out in our morning services. These are a whole heap of scriptures uh, that are true about every single person here. Now, if I were to spend a bit of time in the quiet uh, and say to God, what do you want to say to me today? And I sensed him telling me that I have been chosen and appointed by God to change the world around me. That is uh, taken from scripture. It's taken from John 15 verse 16 to be precise. I don't need to spend a huge amount of time discerning whether or not that is God speaking to me. It is in his word. It is true for every single one of us. And it may well be that God is speaking to me through that verse at this time. If, however, I quietly sit in, sit in the quiet and I hear God say, um, I want you to go to outer Mongolia uh, to be a missionary, I'll need to spend a lot longer on that, discerning whether that is God's word for me, after I've spent some time working out where outer Mongolia is, uh, probably. But Ananias did this. Ananias spent time making sure that what he heard from God was right. He knew that Paul uh, was dangerous. He'd heard stories about him already. And so he said, Lord, are you sure I know about this Paul? Are you sure this is what you want me to do? If we hear God speak to us, uh, we can do a number of things to make sure that it is him speaking. We can ask others to pray with us through it. We can see whether the word settles with us. Often if we get peace about something, that's God speaking to us. Or we need to check it against this, make sure it's in line with the always word of God. And now word is always in line with the always word of God. And as Corinthians tells us, it should be encouraging. It should, um, it should be for our comfort and for our strengthening. But if all those things are true, uh, then we need to hear God and we need to do as I, uh, Ananias did and be obedient to God. We shouldn't be disobedient if we hear God speak. Um, I am I'm friends with a vicar elsewhere in the country who uh, him and his PCC uh, spent a long time praying over a decision uh, and they sensed the Lord leading them to make a decision that was going to be slightly controversial um, but uh, not a hugely difficult decision. They weren't worshipping somebody other than Jesus. It was, you know, it was about the life of the church. It wasn't overly comfort, con concerning, although it was for a few people. Uh, and they announced from the front of church that the PCC had met for several months and discerned that God was leading them to do this thing. Uh, and there was uproar, and several people uh, threatened to leave the church as a result of this decision. It wasn't that big a decision, but several people decided that they wanted to leave the church. Now, the PCC were really concerned about this, so met as an emergency meeting, and they decided that actually they wouldn't make the decision. They'd go back on that decision and not, make, not go through with it in the end. Actually, more people left the church as a result of that, because what the PCC had, uh, had decided uh, was that they would listen to God, they would hear his guiding, they would be sure that it was his guiding they would announce that and then they would go back on that and they decide to be publicly disobedient to God don't be disobedient to God Jonah tried it it didn't end well for him um, if you don't know go and look it up uh, you don't want to wail outside church uh, when you leave trust me they're very difficult to feed I want us to think about obedience in a different, uh, a different way, and I've got uh, a, an illustration for us now, which I don't think we will have had in church before. If you look behind you, you'll see coming through the door, Lydia and my dog, Sammy. This is Sammy. Uh, now, this has not gone well, the two times that we've tried it so far today, so I'm not holding up much hope. 
Um, what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to ask you all to call out... If, uh, two things to say about Sammy, sorry, I should say. Firstly, if you're allergic to dogs, Sammy is hypoallergenic, so you can't be allergic to Sammy. It's not possible. He is, doesn't emit whatever it is that most dogs emit, so you can't be allergic to him. The second, if you're scared of dogs, he is uh, not a docile dog. He's quite energetic, but he is the least aggressive dog uh, you will ever meet. He was more likely to roll on his back and cry uh, than he is to growl at you. So please don't be scared of him. So those two, two safety warnings, that's my risk assessment done. Um, <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, what I'm going to do in a minute is when we, when I, I'm going to turn my microphone off and I'm going to ask you all, if you're willing, uh, to shout his name and attempt to get him to come to you. And we will see what happens. And then after a minute, or after 30 seconds or so, um, I'll ask you to stop doing that and then just to be still and almost as much as you can, ignore him. Let's see what happens. He's probably going to do what he normally does, which is to be overly excited by Lydia's leg. Uh, but we will see what happens uh, now. So let's all together. His name's Sammy. Let's all try and call his name, and Lydia lets him off. Johnny, if you want to come in the church as well. Okay, if you could stop for a second. Let's see whether this works. Sammy, come here. Sammy, Sammy. What's this? Sammy. See, this is what he did earlier. Sammy, Sammy. He can probably hear me but not see me. Sammy. Sammy, what's this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Sammy. Sammy. It's all good. It's all good. It all works in this situation. It's absolutely fine. Sammy, come here. He thinks he's in trouble. I'll just come to you, shall I? It's that easier. It's all right. It's a good illustration for how God comes to us. It's fine. It'll work. I can make it work. There we are, Lydia. If I give you him back and you can take him away, let's give him a little uh, clap. Thank you, Sammy. I mean, he doesn't know you're clapping him, but it's nice to do it anyway, isn't it? Thank you. Uh, why did I bring Sammy in? And uh, I'm sorry he's leaving us now. Uh, don't be too sad. Why did I bring Sammy in? Aside from the fact that I really love dogs and Jonathan's on holiday, uh, there, are reasons, <laughs> there are reasons beyond that, I promise you. What happened there was that actually Sammy was confused. In our first service this morning, uh, what happened? I didn't get anybody to do that. The first service this morning, I just, Caroline actually let him off, and I called him, and he came straight to me, sat here. I promise you he did. There are people that were here that can prove it. Um, sat, sat here and, uh, and sat as I commanded him to. He, he, there was no distraction around. Actually, what happened then was there was so much noise going on, so many other people vying for his attention, uh, that actually he wasn't able to be obedient to me, which he normally is, I promise you. He normally is obedient. I wonder if that's a picture of our lives uh, when we look around us. Maybe there's so much more going on around us that we're not obedient to God. Uh, my friend Alison uh, has a phrase that actually hearing God speak to us is not about turning God up. It's about turning everything else down. It's not about hearing God turning God up. It's about turning everything else down. 
One of the best things uh, I read last year, aside from the Bible, uh, is this book uh, by Tim Keller. It's called The Prodigal Prophet. I can highly recommend it to you. Um, At the end of this service, I'm going to give it away to the first person who asks for it, provided they promise to give it to someone else after they've read it. Uh, But I want to just read you this uh, couple couple of sentences that Tim Keller writes. Adam and Eve did not say, let's be evil, let's ruin our own lives, and let's ruin everyone else's too. Rather, they thought, we just want to be happy, but his commands don't look like they will give us the things that we need to thrive. We'll have to take things into our own hands. We can't trust him. We just want to be happy, but his commands don't look like they will give us the things we need to thrive. We will have to take things into our own hands. We can't trust him. When we listen to God, we need to trust him and when we, to be obedient to him. This always word of God has a whole heap of things that sometimes we might find hard to be obedient to. But actually God calls us into obedience to them. Maybe we need to just turn down the distractions of the world around us so that we can hear him speak to us afresh. So my third thing that Ananias teaches us then uh, also is about how we measure our success. I've mentioned already uh, that Ananias uh, isn't mentioned. Again, this Ananias isn't mentioned again in the New Testament. This is the only time he's spoken about. And actually what he does is a relatively small thing uh, in, in the world. I mean, it's quite a scary thing for him, but actually it's not the hugest of, uh, he's not standing in front of thousands of people preaching. Uh, he's actually just going to someone's house and praying for them. But actually, he was, he was faithful in that and didn't concern himself with what was going on around him. And had he not done that, what would have happened to Paul, I wonder, to Saul, later Paul? Now, I believe God is sovereign and would have worked out a way of doing that. But actually, God calls us to have a particular part in the story and the bigger story of his kingdom. And we don't need to concern ourselves with what everyone else is doing, with what's going on around us. If you did Alpha a long time ago, you'll have seen this video I'm going to show us in a minute. Uh, It's one of my favorite Alpha videos and sort of talks about this a little bit more. Let's watch this uh, together. A man was walking along a beach in Mexico at low tide after a storm. He saw that there were tens of thousands of starfish left stranded on the beach, dying in the heat of the sun. And off in the distance, the man saw a young boy who was picking up the starfish one at a time, going down to the sea and throwing it in. The boy then went back to get another one, picked it up, walked back to the water's edge and threw it into the sea. The man went up to the boy and he laughed and he said, Look, can't you see there are tens of thousands of starfish out here? I don't really think that what you're doing is going to make any difference. The young boy suddenly carried on, picked up another starfish, went down to the water's edge and threw it into the sea. And then he turned to the man and he said, Well, I bet it made a difference for that one. bet it made a difference to that one. 
Interesting idea, isn't it? Um, when I was uh, at Sixth Form College a million years ago, uh, or it feels like it anyway, uh, I had a friend called Andy uh, who were, um, wore black all the time, professed to be, I think, either a pagan or a druid. Uh, I can't quite remember uh, now. And I, would, I uh, did a terrible job, if I'm honest, in explaining the gospel to him. Um, I used to have what uh, I would now view as arguments with him, uh, where I believed I was right, which I was, uh, and he believed he was right uh, about what, uh, what the truth uh, was and where we would find uh, our hope. I left, univ- uh, I left college uh, feeling like I'd done a really terrible job of witnessing to this guy and thinking that there was no way on earth uh, that our conversations would, that would have had any impact on his life except possibly to turn him off the idea of Christianity even more. Uh, well, through the wonders of Facebook, about three years ago, I got back in touch uh, with Andy, uh, and he's now a Christian. Uh, he's, in fact, training to be a vicar somewhere, uh, and uh, he says that actually those conversations were part of the thought process that he had at the very beginning. We don't know the impact that it'll have, but I bet it makes a difference uh, to that one. We need to not be concerned uh, how big a part of the story God calls us uh, to have. We just need to be concerned that we are listening to him and we are being obedient to his voice. Just as Ananias listened to God, checked that what God was saying was right, and then did it. He was obedient to God, and that had wonderful effects for the gospel and for the kingdom at large. God will take responsibility, will take care of the big story. We just have to take care and responsibility for the things he calls us to. Often these are things in here. But he may well speak to us afresh. We're going to have a minute or two of quiet just as the the rest of the band come back. Um, Just to think about that a little bit more. uh, And then I'm going to pray for us. But I'm just going to ask you to keep stay seated just as the band come back. uh, And uh, just think about those things a little more. And then I'll pray for us.